Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Well, we're talking about something so much less fun today because we're talking about taking tests, right? And, you know, there's this thing in life, it just doesn't always go the way we want it to. Uh, There's problems in a very imperfect world. And things come our way, and it's not that God causes them, but God can use them to test our faith, to grow us. Because God is so much more concerned with your character than he is with your comfort. God is all about using this time, this side of eternity, to grow your character, to grow you into spiritual maturity. So much more concerned with that than he is with your, with your comfort or with my comfort. And things come our way, and, you know, we have to deal with them. And often in Scripture, some of those things are talked about as a test of our faith. Now, before we go to the harder test that we're going to be talking about today, let's just do a little bit of a fun test to get you a little bit warmed up. Oh, we seem to be living sometimes more in the land of chocolate. I can get out of my car here on Sunday mornings and smell the chocolate once in a while. We're close to Mars, not too far from Hershey. So let's have a little bit of candy bar test. Now, there are no prizes, and nobody cares if you're wrong. So your job is to shout out the correct answer, what you think it is. Where did the name Snickers originate for this Mars candy bar? Was it the family dog's name, uh, the name of the family horse, or the Mars family just wanted a candy bar that made you laugh or snicker when you would eat it? What's the answer? Anybody know? B is the answer. Yeah. So all right. Well, how about another candy bar question? What else is going on here? What famous cartoon character helped popularize the Butterfinger candy bar in the 1990s? Now, this is easier, right? Uh, Mickey Mouse, B, Daffy Duck, or C, Bart Simpson? C, Bart Simpson is correct. I'm sure we have some Simpson fans here. Third question we have today. Uh, In the 70s and 80s, so if you're older, you have an advantage on this one, all right? Uh, What was the popular slogan for Reese's peanut butter cups? Uh, There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. These two tastes go perfect together or two great tastes that taste great together. Oh, C, yeah, C is the correct answer. If you remember the the commercials from that time, uh, somebody was walking around with a hunk of chocolate Somebody was walking around with a tub of peanut butter. They ran into each other. Hey, you got peanut butter in my chocolate. Hey, you got chocolate in my peanut butter. That's how that went. One last fun test question. Which country has the most variety of Kit Kats? Japan, United States, or Germany? A, Japan. Wow, you know that, right? If you want your wasabi Kit Kat... All right, you know you have to go to Japan. If you want your vegetable juice Kit Kat, you need to go to Japan. If you want your hot Japanese chili Kit Kat, you need to go to Japan. So you know, those are fun tests. Those are fun tests that can grow our waistline. But we're going to talk about some tests that can grow our character, that can grow our faith, things that can really stretch us. And these kind of tests... Uh, sometimes they'll draw you closer to God, and these tests, sometimes they push some people further away from God. 
These tests, man, we don't always nail them. We, we fail these tests at different times in our life. But under the grace of God, he just keeps coming back in his mercy and forgiveness. Uh, James talks about tests this way. He, he says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance, an opportunity to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And that's the idea of these tests that come our way. They stretch us. There's an opportunity for growth. We don't always get it. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes people go in a different direction. But these tests, God can use these difficult things in life to grow you, to mature you, to develop you into a person of character. We're going to be camping out in Hebrews 11 today. If you have your Bible, your Bible app, or follow along on the screen, Hebrews 11, you might know, is referred to as the Hall of Faith. And Hebrews is a New Testament, New Covenant book, but it's all about the people of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and they how and why they belong in this hall of faith. And as you read through Hebrews chapter 11, you can see the different kinds of tests that came their way, and we're going to see how many of these we can cover this morning. And the the first test that we're going to talk about, it is a difficult test new task. And we'll often refer to this as the what test, the what test. And we're going to start with Noah because, man, Noah, it's after the time of the Garden of Eden. Sin has entered the world. Things are messed up. There is trouble. The world is not going at all the way God desires it to go. So he decides to sort of give us a fresh start, a clean slate, and he approaches Noah and he asks him to do this one thing. Let's look at it in verse 7. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never, things that had never happened before. In other words, it hadn't flooded before. There had never been a rainbow yet. Uh, It didn't rain. And this is like the what test. It would be, God, you want me to do what? Because a what is coming? Um, You know, you've never experienced these things before. And God asks you to do something that's new, that's different, that's stretching, that's outside your comfort zone. Most of us, go through multiple what tests in our lives. God asks you to do something. You've never done it before or it just seems impossible. And that's a test of faith. And what is faith? Faith is facing the future without knowing all the what's. Noah built the ark by faith. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 11, verse 1, very beginning, gives us this definition of faith. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Happens so often in our lives, doesn't it? We get faced with this what test. God, you want me to do what? 
You know, God, I, let's just be honest. I've been pretty self-obsessed, but I've been reading through the New Testament, reading through your teaching and what you and the disciples did and what the new church looked like. And man, it's all about serving one another. I am looking for people to sort of serve me, God. You want me to do what? You want me to serve how? You want me to serve whom? What do you want me to do? I mean, that's stretching. God, you want me to do what? All of a sudden, I'm noticing there's a, I have this burden and I'm, feel like you're prompting me to uh, adopt or to foster. God, I'm past that face. Like, God, my home is way too busy. You want me to do what? God, haven't we already covered the part that I'm sort of self-obsessed? And you want me to give and support ministries or someone in need? You want me to do what? Remember in my initial call to ministry, sitting down with our campus pastor at Penn State and just talking about what I believe God was doing in Denise and my life and this having no idea what this next step would look like. And he said, you know, you really should go to seminary. And I tell you, in the first 20 years of my life, I don't think I had ever heard that term. You want me to go to a what? I mean, is that like a, like a monastery or something? Because that's just not going to work out that well. What is that all about? And what might God be asking you to do? What might God be asking you to do that would stretch you, grow you into something new, something you've not done before, something that just feels so impossible? It's the what test, and it comes often throughout our lives. It's a test. It's a test of faith, and it will build your character if you say yes to God and follow him. What's the second test? Second test is this. It's a major change. And we've moved from the what test to the where test. A major change coming up in your life where you're saying, God, where exactly are we going with this? Can you give me a little bit clearer explanation? We see the where test, that spiritual test, that stretching test of faith with Abraham. In Hebrews 11, it reads like this about Abraham. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. He went without knowing where he was going. That makes most of us uncomfortable doesn't it? God, I, I will follow you, but I need to know the where. I mean, isn't that the reality for most of us? Uh, God will approach us about something, an opportunity will come our way, that nudge of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that first, that next step, there might be a bit of clarity to that. But it's steps two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten. You know, we want all of the steps laid out for us. When God stretches us, when God grows us, when he wants to take us to the where is next, we want the entire plan figured out. We want God to reveal it all. What's the problem with that? God rarely operates that way. He gives us the next step, the next part of the journey, but not all the details. 
How many of you? There might be some of you here. How many of you, you enjoy just leaving the cell phone at home, the GPS at home, the map at home, and going for a drive? And just maybe even hoping you would get lost or you're going to have to pull over and at a gas station and ask for directions. How many of you enjoy that? Just raise your hands or put something in chat. Anybody? Yeah, there's a few of you. You are the minority. You are like the 1%, right? But you actually enjoy that. The rest of us, man, we want the clear, all the next steps. We want the where. And not only do we want the where... We want to know the best coffee shop and restaurants whenever we get to the where, right? That's what we want. That's what makes us comfortable. And Abraham, he lived in this established city. He knew everything and he was well known. And God says, I've picked you. I've picked you to do this new thing. I've picked you to be and create this new nation, but you're not going to do it where you are. You're not going to do it where you're comfortable. You're not going to know it where you are known. You're going to have to go elsewhere. You're going to have to go somewhere else. And Abraham is 75 years old. When God asked this, Abraham, you know, if it's today, he, he's like ready to retire and God's ready to inspire. If this is today, like Abraham is like ready for social security and God's like, I'm ready for you to have social insecurity. God says, you know, it's time for the biggest adventure of your life, but you have to move. You have to say yes. You have to follow. And Abraham's an incredibly wealthy guy. I mean, he has so much livestock so many employees, he has an extended family, and he is supposed to take all of this with him to a new location yet to be determined. And God says, I'm going to lead you to a new country. And Abraham says, where are we going, God? And God says, I'll let you know. God, how will I know when I get there? And God says, I'll let you know. God, how about how long is it going to take? And God says, I'll let you know. And Abraham says, how about a clue? What direction? And God says, head that way. That's, that's what Abraham gets. Here's the hard question. Here's the hard question. Would you move? Would you move if God said, I'm not going to tell you where you're going, how long it's going to take, or how you know when you get there? Or what it's going to be like when you get there. Would you move? Would you follow? I mean, come on, honestly, most of us, at the majority of times in our spiritual journey, our lives, we, we, we'd fail that test, right? We'd say, thanks, but no thanks, God. I'm pretty sure that was the pizza talking from last night, not the Holy Spirit. What about a non-geographical move? God wants you to move you from where you are to where he would love you to be. God wants you to move you from being self-obsessed to being others-obsessed. Well, in reality was you didn't or you don't really care for those who are hurting, for those who are lost, for those who are lonely, for those who are unborn, for those that are hungry, for those that are 
afraid, for those that are imprisoned, for those that are marginalized, for those that are victims of injustice, for those that are victims of abuse, for those that are victims of a broken system. God invites you to go from where you are to where he would love you to be, to have a heart and a passion for the things that God has a heart and a passion for. To have a heart that lines up with our Heavenly Father. We're like, God, I don't think so. A lot of those things don't line up with like my political party. I can't talk about those things. I can't be passionate about those things. God, I think I'm just going to stay right where I am in my comfort zone. And it's a test of character. It's a test of faith. Some of you have encountered this. God said, you know what? It's time for something new. It's time for a new job. It's time for a new profession. And you're like, well, God, what's that new job? What's that new profession? I'll let you know. Take the next step. God says, I want you to go back to school. I want you to increase your education. You're like, well, God, um... Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What's it going to be like when I'm done with my education? And God's like, I'll let you know. And it's just take that next step of faith. Many of you know that, like, news-wise, we're in this time of what's referred to often as the great resignation. And I don't know what that looks like in your job setting or in your profession, but in my profession, it is all so real. Uh, the number of friends that I have that have stepped out of ministry or stepped out of their ministry context without knowing where next. But they're being obedient to God and they're following him as hard as what that might be. The where test isn't easy. Let's talk about the third test. What's the third test? It's a delayed promise. It is the when test. The when test. Those of you that have young children know about the when question all the time, right? This morning, I was over in Wrightsville picking up our little, and I was prepared. There's questions that always happen the moment we're in the vehicle and we're moving. It's like, when will we get there? How long will it take? Or can we go to McDonald's? Those are like the three most likely questions that I will hear in the first two minutes of our drive. You and I, man, we all get the when questions. We all understand this test. When, Lord? When, God? When are you going to answer my prayer? When are you going to hear me? When am I ever going to get married? When is my marriage ever going to get healed and healthy? When am I going to be able to have a baby? When am I going to get that promotion? When am I going to get my dream job? It's the when questions of life. And the temptation right in our prayer life is to force the when because we want what we want when we want it. And the reality is this. You've heard me say it before. When you and I, that's how we treat God. When we make our prayer life all about what we want, when we want it, we are simply treating God like a genie in the bottle. And that is not who he is, and that is not how he acts. It is his will in his timing. It is his decision. Let's look at Hebrews. Keep on with the story of Abraham. He's passed the where test, and now he's on to the when test. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents 
And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Three generations, right? Father, son, grandson. Three generations following God, same promise, and they're just waiting for when. God, we've traveled to the where, we're here. When are you going to fulfill your promise? When are you going to do what you said you would do? Waiting for God. Highly confident that God will come through. And they're patient, well, mostly. God wants us to live by his promises, not by his explanations. If you ever understand that, you just take sort of like a giant leap forward in your faith, in your spiritual maturity, in your character development. God doesn't owe me and God doesn't owe you explanations for the things that happen in our lives. He wants you and I to trust him and to follow on his promises, his leadings, his promptings. You might be in the when test right now. You've been waiting for that answer. God, when are you going to take care of this issue? When are you going to take care of this problem? When are you going to reconcile this relationship? When are you going to restore my finances? When are you going to restore my health? When are you going to take care of my future? There's so many when questions that we can have. But faith is waiting for God's timing without knowing when fourth test fourth test that we see in hebrews 11 is this it's the unsolvable problem it is the how test how on earth like god how is this ever going to come through how could this ever happen it's the how test you've had this one you face something in your life a problem a situation circumstances and you're like god how are you going to break through and do only what you can do how are you going to solve this one and god had asked abraham to move and that was the where and they're waiting patiently for the when but there was an unsolvable problem between that what was the unsolvable problem abraham and his wife, Sarah, weren't of childbearing age. By the time they get to this land, and they're still just like not even having any kids yet. Abraham is pushing triple digits. Sarah's like that three-quarter of a century mark. And they've never been able to have kids. It was by faith. Verse 11. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. Do you want that to be your nickname in heaven? Hey, Mr. As Good As Dead, right? who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars and the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Unsolvable problem. How on earth, God, are you going to do this? It's a faith test. 
It's the how test. Faith is believing God to fulfill his promise without knowing the how. This past fall, I was wrestling with something with God. And it was so clear to me that God was saying, you know what, Doug, we're going to finish up the debt at Crossroads. We're going to sort of wrap this up in like record time. And I'm like, God, how? How are you going to do that? I mean, I look at the numbers. I look at the giving. That's not going to happen like for at least like a year. And I wrestled with God. How on earth would you ever make this happen? So September, just trying to take one step of obedience, put it on the church board agenda. Like, should we make a push uh, like for like to cancel our debt out by year end? Is this something that God is like prompting anyone else to do? all the way having no idea how God could ever do that. But it's a test when God prompts you and you don't know the how. It's a test when you take that step and just trust him. We all have those how questions, don't we? How will God redeem the situation? How will God reconcile the relationship? How will God provide for the point of need How will God come through? And faith is being stretched and your character is being grown as you and I deal with the how tests of life that come our way. Fifth test. Hardest test. The test that it becomes all too real. This test from my vantage point pushes many people away from God. People that just walk away from faith. Senseless loss. Have you experienced a senseless loss? There's no explanations. And the only question that we want to ask is why? Why God? Why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you keep this from happening? Why? It's irrational, the census loss. It's painful. It's illogical. It doesn't make sense. It's simply not fair. It's the hardest test that most of us will ever face in our life. And in that time of census loss, there's an invitation. There's an invitation to be drawn even closer to your Heavenly Father. To embrace Him as the great comfort and the great counselor. To not be able to ever get the answers to the why on this side of eternity, but to continue to just trust in the goodness of God. And I know it's not easy. Here's terminology that works for my wife. God is all good. God is all powerful. God is always good. But we can't fully understand when he chooses to exercise his power and when he doesn't. When he doesn't intervene and keep that great loss from happening. And we ask the question, why? And we know the reality that even if we got an explanation, it wouldn't help, it wouldn't diminish the pain or the hurt or the struggle or the loss. It's a faith test. 
And faith is trusting God's purpose without knowing the why. And there's nothing, there's nothing easy about that. There are some things in your life and there are some things in my life that will never be explained. And we have to choose to live by faith, trusting in God's goodness along the way. I was talking to one of you, and you have a friend who's just experienced this senseless loss recently. And you're like, I don't even know what to say. And I'm like, oh, bingo, you got it. Don't say. Don't say. Just, just be present. Just listen. Be that shoulder for that individual to cry on. If words need to come out of your mouth, just reassure that person that they are greatly loved by you. And even though it makes no sense in the midst of this senseless loss, that they are greatly loved by their heavenly Father. To simply acknowledge that there's not always answers to our why questions. So let's wrap this up. Some of the tests that we face. We didn't get to the sixth one. But faith is this. These are the tests, right? Faith is facing the future without knowing the what. Faith is following God's leading without knowing the where. Faith is waiting on God's timing without knowing the when. Faith is expecting a miracle without knowing the how. Faith is trusting God's purpose without knowing why. And we didn't get there, but faith is continuing to persevere without knowing how long. They're tests of faith. God doesn't create these, but man, he uses the stuff of this world to stretch us, to grow us, to mature us, to grow and to build your character, to grow and build my character. So how do you do that? One last verse from Hebrews 11. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. And how do you pass any of these tests, any test of faith that comes your way? There's so many more than what we talked about. How? You keep your eyes on God. That means you got to take your eyes off of yourself, your situation, your circumstances, your whatever. It's how we grow and get stretched and pass the test of faith. The key is, will you trust God? Will you trust God without knowing how or when or why or how long or where? And, and if you want to respond, and I mean, I wrote this Sermon action point in your connection card, whether you're online or in person. And this is like a I double dog dare you. Because I don't expect a lot of people to check this box. I don't know if I'm at a place in my spiritual journey that today I could even check this box. But I want to be there. Because I know it's a test. I know God grows and stretches my faith. And I want to say confidently that I choose to trust God without knowing how or when or why or how long or where? God is so much more concerned with your character than he is with your comfort. And I'll use these tests to, show, to grow you and to stretch you. And we're all going to mess up and we're all going to fail. And we're going to rest in the goodness of God and his grace and his forgiveness and mercy and be restored. 
but for all the times that we say yes, for all the times that we trust without knowing all the answers, God will grow you and mature you. He will build character in your life. As we go to a time of prayer, I just want to start with a time of just being silent. Maybe there's some things that you need to be praying about in your life. Maybe you want to be praying about what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, maybe that's personal to some of you. Um, maybe it seems so distant. Uh, I remember uh, hosting Donetsk ballet dancers from Ukraine in our house. I remember being in Russia and in Moscow and down the Black Sea and working and developing and growing pastors, and they weren't all from Russia. Some of them were from Ukraine. It just seems so much more personal because you've been there, done that, know some of the people. But just spend some time in prayer, whatever God's leading you to pray about. And then I'll wrap us up in a moment. Let's pray. Father, we confidently say that you are all good and you are all powerful. Even when we don't know the why or the when or the where or the how or the how long. So today, we say that we choose to trust you. Like all of those characters in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11, we choose to trust you. We place our eyes on you, not on ourselves, not on our circumstances or our situations. But we want to pass these tests of faith, and we want to grow and mature and be developed and become people of character. So we partner with the Holy Spirit as he develops Christ's character in us. And may we say yes when you ask, when you push, when you nudge, when you prompt, even when it's so outside of our comfort zone, even whenever it's going to stretch us so much, may we continue to say yes to you and trust in your goodness, your faithfulness, your promises, your love. We commit this, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org.